Welcome into your Friday edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad with Andrew Gillis, joined once again by Mike Nislik, who we missed over the last 24 hours because... New homeowner, Mike Nislik. New homeowner, hey, Mike Nislik. Not new, again. Really. again there well, you go. Yeah, good clarification. Well, new homeowner in the Cincinnati area. That's true. That is good. And what else is good is Cincinnati Football Insider, 14-day free trial. Get the best insights and bonus content before you get it on Twitter, which is about to be something we can't even imagine right now. But anyhow, make sure you subscribe for $4.99 a month. You will not be charged until the end of that 14-day free trial we mentioned. You can sign up by going to cleveland.com slash bangles. Make sure you click on that blue banner at the top of the page or send a text message to area code 513-949-4147. I was about to say, by the way, speaking of which, whenever they start charging for the verifications, are you guys going to pay for that? No. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm losing my check mark, so I'm just enjoying it while I can. So, yeah, come on to the subtext group. That's where all the real fun is at. Meanwhile, some not-so-fun updates for the Bengals when it comes to injuries, especially in the secondary. Mike Hilton will not play at corner this Sunday. He did not practice all week due to a finger injury. Lyle Collins, day-to-day with an illness, according to Zach Taylor, he did not practice either. Um, after he rested Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday or Friday. Along with that, you have... Trey Flowers. Trey, Trey Flowers, Flowers, day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Um, you know, I asked Zach Taylor directly, do you anticipate any practice squad call-ups? He said that's a decision that, you know, they're going to make on Saturday. Um, so uncertain there. Uh, Eli Apple's going to play. Um, not a concern with him. Um, Akeem Davis-Gaither, personal reasons, he'll, he's fine. He'll be back. Um, uh, Joseph Asai, defensive end, he was there today. So, you know, anticipating nothing there. Um, so, obviously, you got the you got the big guys. Uh, Cheeto's obviously out for the year. Jamar will obviously be out for uh, a couple of more weeks. But then Leo, we don't know. Trey, we don't know. Mike Hilton's out. Tupo's out. Um and Eli then, Apple was in full practice yeah, mode, yeah, so that's so good. We'll get, uh, we'll get to look at Eli Apple again. Um, seems like they're going to roll with Dax Hill as a corner. So, it, it, you know, if if I were a betting man, you know, I would I would say that, you know, the Bengals' top three corners are going to be um, uh, Cam Taylor-Britt, Eli Apple, and Jalen Davis. Um, right. He Zach, Taylor, Zach Taylor said that Jalen Davis, he, he thinks he's one of the best 32 nickel corners in the league. Um, he's just a backup on this particular team. Um, so they obviously think pretty highly of him. Um, so that's going to be their unit uh, that they're going to roll with. And then you obviously have Jesse and Vaughn in the, at the back end. Um, but, yeah, I mean, after that, the depth is really sketchy. So, um, you know, if you can get through this week healthy, it's going to improve because you would assume Mike Hilton will be back after the bye week. You would assume if Trey Flowers is day-to-day, although he did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday – um, and he was not there today. So you would think my uh, Trey Flowers leaning the wrong direction. But if you can get both of those guys back, your depth concerns, you know, they kind of help themselves a little bit. Um, but for now, I mean, we'll see. So they're, they're healthy enough to put out a starting lineup. The second an injury happens or the second somebody needs a breather, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Like like you said, uh, Taylor said we're going to see in the next 24, 40 hours about any Calls from the practice squad. So, yeah, uh, hold your breath. Uh, as long as they can get through this week and get through the bye week healthy, you could have DJ Reader back after the bye. You know, 
Trey Flowers again, we'll see with him. Hilton, hopefully, optimistically, will be back. But yeah, no, it is, um, you know, it's the injury bug. It's the NFL. It's bound to catch up to everyone at some point. You know, interestingly, I think really you could go back the last year and a half and this hasn't really haunted the Bengals the way it's getting to them now. But, you know, and you can read it in Zach Taylor's voice. He's optimistic. He's confident that with what they have depth wise, what they could get from the practice squad, they should be good. And, you know, the thing with Davis that's interesting, and this is a kind of a feel good story. You know, this is his third team. He was undrafted at a Utah State, I want to say about five or six years ago. Five seasons ago, he was undrafted. Bounced around with Miami and Arizona, and he's made it through three preseasons. And Zach Taylor said because of what he's seen in his preseason snaps, he said he's been good enough to not just be one of the top 32, but good enough to, to be in this position. So, you know, that's always nice to see. And that shows the trust he has with the whole next man up mentality, whether it's your starters or your depth, like that's that's really reassuring to have. So they'll be fine. The Panthers, again, we've we talked about their offense earlier this week. Uh, far from easy, but won't be superbly difficult. I think this is a game the Bengals sneak out of this. I shouldn't say sneak, but like they get out of this week with a win. So kind of getting into predictions, I'll just start and say, I think the Bengals take this one 27-10 over the Panthers. I don't think it's going to be obviously over 30 points i think you know without if there was jamar chase i'd say sure like i think they'd put up the points they had against the falcons if not more because that was you know what i predicted against the falcons i think they'd have like 35 or 42 points and i was close i would say that with jamar without him i don't think you're going to see not that there won't be any explosive offense i think they're going to get back to it i just don't know that you see as much of it i do think they get back into a rhythm that's really what's hurt them most offensively and losses among other issues we talked about Ted Karras being that demeanor hound. I think that really, really gets to the line. It really gets to everyone on the offense this week. And again, like Carolina's nothing flashy. You know, we could talk about PJ Walker's throw to DJ Moore, which is still spectacular, but I really don't imagine we'd see much of that. Even with the Bengals secondary, I, I don't think they let much of that happen. And of course, up front, the Bengals are still pretty healthy defensively. Joseph Osai, like you said, he practiced. He should be good. Uh, they got good depth there, and that's really shown, with exception, obviously, to the Cleveland game. But, yeah, I think that's going to hold up for them well, and they go into the bye week with a win. I'm going to say Bengals 23, Panthers 20. Um, I, I think this game is a lot more muckier than people want to think. Um, the Panthers are playing decent football since they got rid of they got rid of uh, Rule. So I, I think that this is this is just one of those games where you got your teeth kicked in last week. And it's the Panthers. It's not a game that you can really get up for. Now, obviously, it's the NFL. You have to get up for every team. Um, but I just I don't know if the juice is there. You're missing some key guys on the secondary. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know if the Panthers have the necessarily the talent to do this. But if I'm them, I'm running four or five wide all game. I'm t I'm testing this Bengals secondary. Um, so for me, I, I just think that this is not going to look clean. I think they're still trying to work out the kinks without Jamar. Um, so I think it's going to be close. I think they're going to win, um, but I do not think they're going to cover. Um, I think that was a seven and a half, seven, seven and seven, seven and a half. Yep. Um, so I, there's that. Uh, I think I think we're going to go over, um, even though it's just barely. I think 42 and a half is too low of a number. Um, so I, 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 I do think the Bengals are going to win. I just don't think it's going to be one of those victories where 
you're going to be feeling great because like if they win what did you say 27 10 that's what i said so like if they win 27 10 you're feeling really really good going into the bye week because then all of a sudden you've got your secondary coming back healthy you're that much closer to jamar you're that much closer to reader like you're feeling okay about it but i i think this is going to be kind of a stinky win um a win that you just you you take it you move on and you you almost try to forget it like a loss i just don't envision it being you know this high flying yeah but affair. i don't think that's how the coaching staff views those things agree the, the, win, the win, win is a win they don't uh, exact taylor always says style points as they've said repeatedly yeah. this year this they, is not a win for style but it's points. easy to say that when you don't have any style points i guess um yeah i'm, I'm more in line with andrew i think it's going to be uh, there's just going to be some mistakes made in on defense. I, I just don't think they have the personnel right now um, to sort of close out a team. Um, you know, I, I think the Panthers will score a couple touchdowns. 2017 sounds more reasonable, even though it doesn't sound like you know you're, you, that number makes your defense sound like it didn't have a terrible day. Uh, but it's under. I think that's where this kind of game feels like it's going, uh, just in terms of you know what personnel we're going to see. Uh, Chuba Hubbard was ruled out as well for the Panthers, um, and you know, they're limited as, as just in general and just in terms of you know they've traded a lot of star power and you talk about trying to figure out what works. Um, I, th- I still think that they're in that stage as well um, on offense. Then um, you just fail, figure the Panthers will score a touchdown or two just based on what the secondary looks like. I mean. Uh, the communication is going to be a challenge just with all these new moving pieces. Uh, you figure, you know, really three out of the five haven't played much football together. You know, Eli Apple, Jalen Davis, and Cam Taylor Britt, um, that's not a, a group that's had probably many snaps on the field at the same time. Um, and, and Jesse Bates and um, Von Bell are kind of the, the constants there. But um, just think it'll be, like you said, messy, kind of sloppy. But um, I still think that they're better and that they should win i mean that's the bottom line they're the more talented yeah. team yeah and i mean yeah it won't be clean by any means i know i had a little bit larger of a gap or a margin for victory but yeah i mean we're gonna see some issues we're gonna see uh a lot of rust kind of showing i mean if there's a lot of rust in a 17 point win how bad are the freaking panthers i mean here's the thing i know they had a comeback win against the falcons but it's the falcons like i mean who, who else have they beaten this year besides like they have two wins who, who have they even beat this they, year? They lost that game. Or no, I know that. I'm saying they, they almost won. Yeah. But besides that, like, what are the two wins that they even had? I actually didn't even the, see they that. They beat the crap out of the Bucks, um, yeah. and then they beat the Saints. Well, we, we've seen both of those teams. I mean, but like, but like, know, listen, I don't know like, if those are. But, like, listen to the schedule. Two-point loss to the Browns week one. Three-point loss to the Giants week two. Win over the Saints. Ten-point loss to the Cardinals. 22-point loss to the Niners. 14-point loss to the Rams. 18-point win over the Bucks, and then a three-point loss to the Falcons. Like, I get it. The Panthers suck, and they're terrible, and, like, they need to be – their sights need to be set on Ohio State football for the rest of the year to so look at C.J. Stroud. <laughs> but like, You love that guy. C.J. Stroud's the best – he's the best player in the country. Well, at least at his position, I should say. I do um, agree with that. But, that like, it's the NFL. It's close. Like, you're That's not – you're not, you know – you're, well, they've you're not, a lot, lost a lot of talent since those early games, too. So this is yeah, but yeah, they also, they that also is, shed fair. the baggage of their coach, and they're like, I think that that matters. Yeah, but I think you can only run on that so much. And I think that is a boost in initial in the short term, but your talent always catch us, catches up to you. You know, right? The, for sure. The 
the win one for the Gipper is not going to work, you know, in week 15 when you just have nobody that's very good. So, um, you know, the quarterback situation is what it is. I, I just, you know, the, the Bengals should win. I mean, really, it doesn't matter what the score is. They should win. Yeah, and I mean, look, when I said Russ, I don't mean a lot. I think it's just things that they'll correct in-game that will improve late before halftime, you know, in the second half, as you, as you normally see. But prop bet predictions. I'm going to have fun with this one because we talked a little bit about this because we don't see this from him too often. But Evan McPherson, who missed a field goal in a PAT, which he rarely does, although we saw that during that week one debacle, if you want to call it that, against the Steelers. But besides that, very rare performance from him. The line is that he will be over under one and a half field goals. I say Evan McPherson rebounds and he makes over one and a half field goals. You know, it's it's the NFL. He's a kicker who's still only second year. And we saw what he did his rookie year. The guy is fine. He'll be okay. It's one bad game. Now, if this was a constant thing, I'd say, okay, Maybe you actually could bet the under, but no, I think he'll be fine. And with the way this game goes, yeah, he easily is in a position where he can make at least two field goals. So, yeah, pretty easy bet for me there with McPherson. Uh, I'm going to take over 25 and a half on the longest reception from T. Higgins. Um, he had one that was 41 last week at the end of a game where he straight up lost a dude from Cleveland. So I think with I, – I mean, look, we were talking about the the – uh, Bengals secondary concerns injury wise. Uh, the Panthers are kind of banged up on the back end too. Yeah. Um, so I think that you're. Ba- I mean, I'm okay with betting on the Bengals best receiver to have one deep play. Um, so I think that um, I think that that's kind of what I. I think that that's where I'm going to stand. So I think that he's going to. Um, you know, I, I really like T in terms of just breaking off a big one at some point. Um, whether it's you know a slant route he takes for forty or you know doing the same thing you did against Cleveland and Moss and somebody. So I, uh, I like that. And um, I'm, I mean, I feel like I've bet over on a lot of T Higgins this year, but I'm going to keep doing it. Do it. I, I had Joe Mixon, uh, the over under for his receiving yards, 22 and a half. That, that seems low given that he was targeted. I mean, he only had 32 yards, but he was targeted nine times, uh, had seven receptions. Uh, he's, he's met that uh, total, uh, the over on it, five of the eight games they've played. I think, they're basically using those as runs, uh, essentially. You know, they're, they're well, he only ran the ball eight times. They're using those short receptions uh, as the same sort of concept. I think around 30 yards per game is, is what he's going to average here, especially with Jamar Chase out. Um, the other kind of over-unders I was looking at that I thought were interesting, the Bengals are plus 145 to win both halves, and I, I don't think that's unreasonable uh, just because I think I like they're going to win the game. I like that. I um, mean, get good money on it. And then, like I said, just based on the final score I had, I think it's gonna it's a, a good game for an under just with all the different missing pieces. Uh, I, I just feel like there's gonna be kind of a, um, points are gonna be hard to come by, but you know that means probably Joe Burrow's gonna throw for 500 yards again and, and get 50 points. Yeah, the the one of the other ones that I really liked. Um, if you look at uh, on DraftKings, I saw this. It was game lines where it was Panthers to win by one to six points. Uh, that was plus 500. Um, so I really like that one because, like, again, it's the NFL. Like, if the if the bank, like, let me ask you guys this: if, the, if the, the Bengals lose, bat, so you're telling people to bet that the Bengals will win and then bet that the Panthers will. I mean, right. Well, I, if we're talking value. <laughs> well, I guess you could bet the Bengals. Or I guess you could bet. You're saying Carolina will cover. I think Carolina is going to cover. Double it. Yeah. Or, you know, so I, I think uh, I think the Bengals are going to win, but like. 
it wouldn't stun me if the Panthers won. Like, would it stun you guys if the Panthers? I think, if the be, Panthers I think it would be pretty stunning. If the Panthers walked out of here with a 27-24 win, are you like, what the stunned. hell just happened? Well, I mean, it depends how the game ended, but I would still be surprised. Just on its face, I don't think the Bengals should lose this game. They I shouldn't. Think, no, uh, they they, they should. I would be by right. definition surprised. I wouldn't be. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be like absolutely floored. So, like, I think if you're looking for a like if you're looking for a um, uh, like a nice little uh, value play, I think that you know ten to win fifty is pretty good. Um, so I like that with the Panthers. Um, I also don't hate a halftime Panthers full-time Bengals bet. Um, that's plus 650. Uh, we know how much the Bengals have struggled with their starts. Um, like they've come out of the gate flat in a lot of their games. This well, it's season. either or. So it's a, it's a it's hit or miss, right? They've, yeah, they, the if they if they come out rolling, uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just at home. Um, they played pretty well here uh, this season. Sure. Um, so other than that opener, um, so I feel like I don't know. I feel like that they're going to be in control a lot throughout. If you're interested in betting a, a tie at halftime and a tie at the end of the game, uh, a $10 bet would win you uh, $650. So it would pay out 660 So if you're into that sort of thing, have fun flushing your money down the toilet. But I was like, I was curious what the longest odds were. If I actually were to flush my money down the toilet, that would just give me like a heart attack. Like, well, that's what I, I, I told you I to do if that. you were going to bet Joe Burrow to win MVP. Even if you flush a quarter down the toilet, my heart will just sink a little bit, even if it's a centimeter. Well, I think at that point, can't you actually die? Like if your heart even moves that much? I'm not a How did you get there from flushing money down I don't the know. How, how did we even get to this point? I don't even know. You in the heart? The, the deep question is how did we get here? Maybe that's like the, the quintessential question of life. But speak, oh. speaking of life events, uh, you know, we do our little flashback Friday, which we've been doing, I think, since last week. Uh, last week was the most famous person we've met. This week, I want to have some fun and say, what is the best food you have had? Like, what is the like best ever? Ever. Like, what is the best moment where you had the best food ever that you can remember back in time? Mm. So, the f- on the spot, the first answer I'll say, there's a steakhouse near where I grew up called DC Prime. Um, a lot of football players would go there because it was right near Washington's practice facility. Uh, they have... Like uh, it's one of those places where it's like an like a hundred dollar steak. Um, they had a hundred dollar steak, yeah, so that was obviously amazing. Uh, and then they had a lot of really good sides. They had like really thick potato wedges. Ooh, they were really good. Love potatoes. Um, I, I I also had mac and because we did like one of those. It, it wasn't family style, but we we shared everything. So I had some really good potato wedges. Um, they didn't have mac and cheese. They had these like crab something or others. I, I don't crab even cakes? know. Crab No, not crab. It was a variation of crab. It was crab on like, I don't know. It was weird. Um, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, I think that was probably the best because like I love steak and that was probably the best steak I've ever had. So that feels like a safe answer. What about you, Mike? So what is the question? The best the food best we've ever food had? You've ever best had restaurant food we've ever had? Just best food? It could be like some a, a, someone that a friend made, someone your mom, something your mom made. Could be a restaurant. Could be anything. There's no limit to it. You go first, Muhammad. I want to hear your answer. Let's hear this. So I want to say like kind of on the spot, like Andrew said, almost three years ago. So like two. How is it on the spot? You came up with the question. Well, I'm saying there's a lot of food I can think okay, of. Okay. There's a lot of food I can but think of. But you knew that this was coming. Was coming like, if, if I were to say, like, I'm on the spot, give me a minute, like, then that would be reasonable. But you thought it. You knew, 
When did you when did you do this podcast layout? Answer me honestly. Yesterday. So, so you've known for like twenty four hours. I've been thinking about it, but it's just I, I couldn't make a decision. So like so so I figured, okay, I'm not even gonna think about it. I'm gonna force myself to just make a decision on All the right, spot. So, okay, so make a decision. About two, three months before COVID hit. So I wanna say right after I graduated college, January twenty twenty, my cousin and I went to this place in Louisville called Yummy Pollo. You know, pollo Spanish for chicken. So it's a Peruvian rotisserie chicken restaurant. And I kid you not, my, my, my mouth is already watering as I'm saying this. So yeah, I probably 4. made the right seven best. on Google reviews. Yeah, probably even better on Yelp, which is a, a good app too. The best. Oh man, now I'm about to like just go into the zone. The best charred rotisserie chicken season two perfection that you will ever have in your life oh man I, I feel like i just have to drive to louisville now and get it from how hungry i am but the chicken is good and then you mentioned like the potato wedges at that steakhouse they have these amazing spanish style potato wedges you can even get plantains if you want which oh man game changer game changer and then there's a lot of other sides you could get if you want a third side because you basically get like two sides and you can add a third oh man there's like the cilantro lime rice Chef's kiss, man. That, I'm going to just leave it at that. Chef's kiss. Mike, if you say food. a $10 nugget meal from McDonald's, I'll give you $5. No, as a kid, probably. Um, no, so you're basically I, paying for half of another $10 you know, meal. The, that's funny. The, the, when you look at kind of all the things that happened with restaurants that went under COVID, the, well, yeah. the fast food place that I grew up at, you know, like in Chicago, it's the Chicago style hot dogs, euros, and things like that, made it through COVID and then shut down like last year. It was just devastating. I've been going, I've been going for like 30 years. Um, that would be up there with my favorite. Well, what's it called? That was called Moondog. It was called PJ Moondoggies, but now it's now it's closed. Um, uh, the favorite food. I mean, I, you can't go wrong with uh, the steak frites at Bouchon in Vegas. Um, in terms of consistency, uh, I'm a French fry guy, uh, and they're just like pile on, just like this huge pile of fries. Then the steak is like uh, with the shallots. Uh, Topping that's really really good. Um, you know, it's French kind of bistro type restaurant. Uh, you got good taste, man. That's, that's where I. That's where what I would. Uh, you know, and no, nothing's bad there. So, um, but yeah, Bouchon is kind of my my favorite favorite Ste- spot. Steak bistro and the there simplicity you know? of French fries, Mike has very well-rounded yeah, taste. I'm not doing plantains. I can guarantee that. By the way, um, I've never been to it, but like people have told me about it. Portillo's, since you mentioned hot dogs. Oh, Portillo's. Yes. Yeah, is that place good? It's coming to Ohio in, in uh, this year or next really? year, supposedly. What is this? It, it's, uh, like a, it's a hot dog a famous, chain? Uh, beef and hot dog place uh, from Chicago. They've sold out a little bit and now are, have corporate ownership. You say Chicago like it's Chicago in the yes, Chicago. Um, like it's like deep. So they've expanded to Michigan. They've expanded to Indiana. You can get it. In, there's there's like five of them now in the Indianapolis area. Uh, but the word is they said they were going to expand um, to ten lo ten locations ten new locations next year in a couple different states. And Ohio is supposedly one of them. It's unclear if it's going to be Columbus, uh, Cleveland, or here. Um, I mean, fingers crossed it's here, but Columbus isn't too far, so. Yeah, Columbus is only about an hour 40 without traffic, probably a little longer with traffic, but if you haul it, yeah. you can make it there. Is Columbus that far? I thought it was, it was I guess, well, I, I'm, I live we on the... We just did it. I live on the Kentucky side, so... I mean, for hour, me, it's a little far. It's farther. an hour and 30. Okay, yeah. so from what, yeah. So from the Kentucky side, it's a little from bit longer, north, hour yeah, 40. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, Kentucky's better anyway, but... 
Anyhow, man. Nobody ever has said that about anything. Better than it Ohio. Doesn't, it doesn't even, oh, that's, uh, I disagree. Well, I lived there for 23 years of my life, so I'm biased. Oh, so, yeah, I was, okay, so, oh, ooh, I was, re- I was about to rip you another one because I thought you were about to say, wow, so, okay. So I, so I know what I'm talking about because I was like, oh, so that you're not biased. Wow, you're choosing violence today, Andrew, but it's instead, Kentucky. I'm going to choose to go eat some amazing food because I'm hungry just as everyone else listening to this podcast is, but... Make sure you tune with us after the game on Sunday. We'll have everything you need breaking down the game. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis and Mike and Isaac, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. See you Sunday.